What Ooh. Up It Is, the Air It Out podcast. One week away from the NFL season kicking off, and we are hype about it. What's up? It is Kevin Crockett, Christopher Thomas, Avery Collins, Tyler Brando, a.k.a. Ty Fuego. Did, hey. you guys, did you guys know that? Tyler, I, I learned that this weekend. Where does, where does Ty Fuego come from? Yeah, when I was a uh, student here and I would get on mic, I would have no personality at all. Tyler Brando. That is. <laughs> then Ty Fuego came into the studio. All of a sudden, things started heating up. I like how he just hey. references his Tyler Brando. Like Bruce Wayne was just talking about Batman or something like that. It's like my, you know, Bruce Wayne, who I this am. This is alias. You know. Yeah, I get it. You've All never right. seen the two of us in the same room. That's very time. true. That's very true. I mean, true. we haven't seen Crockett or Gus in the same room. So, I mean, I, that's also sense. very true because he's just about that life. Uh, speaking of Gus, draft Sunday live inside the hashes.com. Make sure you're checking that out. All of our social media inside the hashes.com for everything we got going. Going on you can check out podcasts there content there all sorts of good stuff make sure you are checking that out sunday live september 2nd eight o'clock we are going to get this thing rolling right along you guys know what you're doing with your picks yet yes sir yes well you especially i mean you got the first one so you got to know what you're doing for sure chris you and i where, where are you picking you're six se- six okay you're six and i'm seven so uh, I'll be waiting to see what you're Six doing. Six foot, seven foot, eight foot. Hey, y'all, just real G's. I love it. Real G's moving silence like lasagna. I'll tell you what. The first time I heard that, I said, "Stop." <laughs> Listen, I said that was so hard. Stop. It was so hard that I changed my name in the group me to lasagna with a capital G. The, well, that's the thing. The whole well, the whole track is, is like Wayne goes hard on that, but then he just Thanks. like real just. Uh, yeah. paper chase. Look, I'm right. Bit, ooh, I, I can't even say it. But, but even thinking about it, I'm yeah, hyped just snapped. thinking about it. Uh, you know. So, uh, speaking of hype, good time to be Aaron Rodgers or Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, Aaron Rodgers closing a four-year, hundred thirty-four million dollar guarantee, uh, hundred three million dollars guaranteed with the Packers today. Could reach up to one hundred eighty million dollars in incentives in green bay so get ready for this you know holidays around the corner especially so you're trying to Mm -hmm. budget right trying to get yourself prepared okay before the end of the year before this calendar year ends Mm -hmm. aaron Rodgers is going to get 67 million dollars by the time saint patrick's day hits next year aaron Rodgers is going to get himself 80 million dollars to be the quarterback of the green bay packers what do we do wrong man why aren't we quarterbacks of the i wasn't six foot I wasn't six feet. He said that real, like, sad, too. He looked at me with that sad puppy dog face. I was one inch off. I didn't uh, go to Division I got, one school. I got no comment on that. <laughs> I was six foot, and I did go to – well, I went to a 1AA school, but they still weren't looking at me. Well, were you playing quarterback? No, I should have, though. See, you should have. We had all Americans and stuff like that. Though, uh, I got so, you. You gotcha. know, that's a, somebody had to catch them. <laughs> you know. Uh, but really, the big story, I think, in this – I think we knew Aaron Rodgers' money was going to come, but how yeah. long have we been talking about – Odell Beckham Jr. and when mm. he was going to get paid up, mm-hmm. his contract nothing to scoff at either. Five years, ninety-five million, sixty-five million guaranteed puts him ahead of all the other wide receivers, which is really what he wanted. Mm. Uh, and he seems to be uh, pretty happy about that whole situation. I worked too hard. I dedicated my entire life to this game. Uh, passed up on other sports to play this one. There was no doubt that it was going to happen. Yes, it was scary when, you know, when it happens and that all runs through your head. And, and I think that's the best part about this is now that I don't have to worry. Now I can go out there 100% because, you know, some guys, you, you're out there playing and you're thinking about a contract. You're, you're like, oh, I don't want to get hurt. I don't want to do this. Um, and now that it's behind me, it, it feels like there's no worries. It's a weight lifted off my shoulder. So I'm, I'm curious about that a little bit because we he obviously had a devastating ankle injury mm-hmm. uh, to end his season last year. But – um 
Avery, I'm going to start with you. Is he trying to tell us something more than, oh, I just don't want to play in the preseason by saying, like, I mean, he in essence said maybe you're not going 100 at some points. I, I mean, I can I can agree with that all the way. So the reason I mean, I can see I can see it on on so many different levels. Like so like playing some semi pro football, you see guys know, you know, I got to I got to get up and go to the work in, in the morning. So they don't give it 110 percent. And so I, I'm thinking the same the same mindset is the, is on the field in the NFL, where if your if your contract isn't fully guaranteed, if you're not fully guaranteed to you know you know make your money whether you're on the field or not, you're kind of sitting there saying to yourself, man, I mean we're playing at the highest level against the 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 top tier athletes of the world, and you know injuries in this game are inevitable. Everybody's going to get hurt at some point, and you don't want to be that guy that gets hurt for eight games and during those eight games you're not getting a check because it wasn't you know written in your contract that you would i see it in certain players like I, I see Le'Veon bell even though you know he's playing he's got the you know the franchise tag and everything like that i've seen him running out of bounds a little bit more um i see you know different wide receivers you know run out of bounds or or, or duck down you know as opposed to you know trying to get that extra yard. I, I see it all the time and i and usually when i see it i'm like yeah that guy's not either fully is not fully guaranteed or is in contract you know disputes because again and that's why you know there's that whole gripe between the nfl and the nba where these these nba players are getting these max deals and they're they're they're, they're fully guaranteed contracts and even mlb but they're not taking the the punishment then the the wear and the tear on the body isn't the same so they're like you know why and so that's why guys like Le'Veon, odell aaron donald Cleo mac are holding out because they're like listen we are literally risking our lives every time we step onto this field so we okay. want to we want to make okay sure that so we're I'm, I'm just going to play devil's advocate with you here mm-hmm. uh the nba obviously their, their salary cap has exploded with tv money For sure. so mm-hmm. when you know guys like matthew della vadova are getting 44 million dollar contracts like you know but that's one man on what is a 12 man well technically a 15 man mm-hmm. roster mm-hmm. you're talking about trying to pay 53 different guys here and, and major league baseball obviously doesn't have a salary cap so you're hearing that manny machado or bryce harper could make upwards of 400 500 million this offseason mm-hmm. uh, chris i'm gonna look at you because i, I see you kind of shaking your head over there but uh the reality is and odell beckham kind of talked about this and after he got his contract is he could have gone and played other sports obviously i think if you're a professional athlete to, i mean you'll see some of these guys go out and look stupid i mean watch charles barkley swing a golf club they're not right. perfect at everything but reality is these guys probably could go and play a couple of different sports football being the biggest sport in america the most popular sport in america maybe the one you would get the most endorsement money from even if you're not the top number one guy you are a guy you mm. can be involved with that do you understand chris where obj is coming from and all this yeah I definitely understand where he's coming from um when you like Avery said, when you look at other sports like baseball and baseball, it doesn't have a salary cap. It has like a budget in which teams are going to spend accordingly to basically what the owner is going to willing to put out, which is why you see teams like the Yankees are basically sparing no expenses on getting guys like Aaron Judge and John Carlos Stanton over there. Like when I think about like players like playing like different other sports, like I think of like Russell Wilson who was had an opportunity to go play MLB baseball for the Texas Rangers, I believe. Well, now mm-hmm. New York Yankees star yeah. Russell Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, 
Yeah, I also think Chad Chad Johnson not much of the footwork. He could have also played like soccer. He probably could have played like on a on an MLS team and probably got a guy guaranteed money. Football, when you look at it, it's it's the most physically physically demanding sports out of all the four major sports. Probably hockey, probably being second. Sixteen game seasons, full contact every play. And when you look at like, especially like after all these athletes are going back and suing the NFL now for like CTE, brain damage. You've seen situations like unfortunate situations like Junior Seau, who die and like when they have like all the CTE in their brain like after when they reevaluate them. And again, I'm just playing devil's advocate here because certainly, I, you know, I the reason my college doesn't have a football program anymore is because I saw you know a teammate of mine get a pretty catastrophic brain injury, yeah. and the results that were uh, devastating not only to him, his family, uh, us as his teammates, our program, everything like that. So I understand that. But I also understand you have an inherent risk playing this game. So sure. aren't you only doing yourself yeah. a disservice not going 100 Don't you hear it all the time? Isn't the old adage like if you're not going to go 100%, you're giving yourself a chance to probably get yourself hurt because you're not going full speed? I've never agreed with that ever. Like, I've never agreed with that because football, you're going to get hurt no matter what. It doesn't matter if you're going full tilt. It doesn't matter if you're going 50%. It doesn't matter if you're going 70 If you step on the football field, like, I, I, I've got a friend, shout out to Josh Sherman. He, he, his, his phrase, every season when I played with him, before we, like, if we were having practice and, you know, we were having contact practice and people started whining or whatever, he would always say, when you put them pads on, you agree to go to war. You understand that. You, like you're making a conscious decision that you are going to war. However, we're talking about professional athletes who don't do it. Like this is their job. Even in the, on that level, the semi-pro level, like I said, it's, people don't go 100% because they know I got to go work a 9 to 5 the next day. That's the reason. These guys don't have that situation. They're saying this is my 9 to 5. This is my way of making money. And if this is going to be the sole way, if you want me to – Go 110%, I need to be compensated because at the end of the day, football doesn't last forever. So what happens if I'm going full tilt for you and I end up having a career-ending injury, for example, like a Leonard Weaver, and then Mm. now what what do I do? But but you wanted me to sell out my body, my time, my everything, like time away from my family, all of those things for this game. And, you know, then you're in turn telling me, well, you know, it's basically on a – what can you do for me, you know, type basis. And it's like, if I get hurt, like I said, what what can I do afterwards? Yeah, I just think that that mindset of, like, go hard or go home, I think, like, nowadays, I think fans have somewhat of a completely unrealistic expectation and, like, demand from, mm-hmm. like, these players. It's like they want them to be, you know, the ultimate the ultimate professional, like Air Fisher, like soft-spoken, say all the right things. They want them to – then just automatically just go be a bloodbath warrior on the football field, like tackle everybody, take out everybody, full contact, full tilt every single play. I think it's there are some situations where it's like the average the average career is only between three to five years. So what's going to happen like is you don't have all that money is not going to be guaranteed. Like if you're a rookie, you don't you don't cut it. You only get about three hundred thousand dollars of that if you get cut, and then you just have to go about the rest of your life. You sometimes trying to make sure that you ensure basically secure the bag so that way like you can start thinking long term so and the reason and the other reason i say that is i have friends who have who play and who have played in the nfl and they you know the ones who are, aren't in the nfl now 
it's literally that situation. Like OBJ said in, in that in that clip, I've dedicated my life to this. I've put all my time, my energy, my focus into this specific thing to be great at it, to be at the level that I'm at. And then, you know, in the blink of an eye, it can all be over. It can all just be be done. Now what do I do? And a lot of those guys that, those friends, I've seen them struggle outside of football because they're like, well, I, I put so much into this. This was what I wanted to do. This is what I worked for. I got there, and then that was it. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like I think a lot of these guys are looking at it that way. Like you got to think of Odell when he broke his ankle. In his mind, I mean, he was trending to I'm telling break continue to break records at the position. I mean, and he understood how much he meant to that team. Like he was that team prior to you know getting Saquon Barkley, and I, hopefully Saquon is healthy and is as projected, but. He meant, like, everything to that team as far as, you know, on the offensive side of the ball. So, for him to break his ankle, he's like – and not be able to finish the season, he probably in his head and he's like, man, like, he's thinking, like, yo, what if this is something that lingers? What if this is something that, that holds me back? What is this – what if it's a, a – or, or Andrew Luck, what if, it, what if it's a situation like that where he's like, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to play again? Uh, I think we can all agree that no matter who the player is, even if it's a team that you're not a fan of, yeah. I'm happy when these dudes get paid. For yeah. sure. like you, it, to, to your point, again, I want to reiterate most of what I'm saying is just to be devil's advocate because yeah. you have to look at the other side of it and you have to take Got an to. owner's side because the owner. this is an investment for an owner too. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're, you very easily could look at the, the two years that they basically have been going back and forth about this contract. This guy just had a, I was going to say career, but obviously not, a season-ending ankle injury. He's a wide receiver, no doubt about it. He's going to be making making cuts and doing all that stuff. And uh, I, I think you're definitely happy when you see a guy like OBJ get paid. So uh, let's let's put it to the test, and I'll just take a yes or no answer on this from you both. Chris, I'm going to start with you. Uh, OBJ, top five in yards for a receiver this season. Yes. yes. Avery, top five. Okay, so we all think that OBJ is going to be OBJ and maybe even beyond what we've seen so far, which has been uh, pretty – Fantastic out of him in his short time. He's the second best receiver in the league. In so. the NFL. And who's number one again? Julio Jones. Oh, boy. Here we go. Uh, moving right along, because that's what we have to do. We're going to spend the next 15 minutes talking about Julio Jones. Uh, a different Jones. Jerry Jones was doing a radio interview recently. And uh, I'm interested to see what you guys think about this. Because we were very excited when the NFL preseason kicked off the hall of fame game and stuff like that. And granted, we know what it is, but you're just excited to see the familiar helmets out there getting after it, going after each other. Um, But the reality is, I think by the time you get to four preseason games, you're like, okay, can we just kick it off already? Jerry Jones has some thoughts on that. He is looking to go to an 18 and two format. He wants to do 18 regular season games, two preseason games. He says it's going to bring in new revenue. He says it's going to decrease injuries. I'm interested to know the science behind that. But for each player on average, it would be an additional $589,000 in their pocket to play two extra regular season games. Now, I think as a fan, we all would agree that we would love two more games of meaningful football, especially if it means getting rid of the preseason. I feel like the preseason, pretty much the first game and the fourth game, you're pretty much, I mean, you're, you're, you're hoping to see familiar faces, or maybe there's a guy that, you know, you're a big college fan and he went to Purdue and you want to see how he's doing on your team or whatever the case may be. But uh, I think the, Vast majority of fans would love to see more regular season football. Chris, I'm going to go ahead and start with you on this one. Is 18 and two a good idea? I don't like the idea solely because his belief that um, if we stop these preseason games, then it's going to decrease injuries. I'm like, first of all, there's no 
like real way to honestly stop injuries, especially in the preseason. It, like injuries can happen in camp. Like we've seen plenty of non-contact injuries just going through like the day-to-day training camps when they're going like two a days or three a days, even in the regular season. So there's no way to like have a foolproof system in like decreasing preseason games that's going to stop like regular season injuries. Also, my second reason is because like for 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 first-year quarterbacks like a Lamar Jackson, like a Baker Mayfield. I think those auditions for them playing in all four of those preseason games do them a lot more, especially considering they're not going to really be playing in the regular season. We've got – I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off, Chris, but we've got our first uh, breaking news. Very interesting. Uh, Tyler, you want to grab that? Just kind of give us an update on what exactly is happening. A trade has been made for a name that we've heard is going to be getting traded. Chris's eyes just lit up a little bit. Go ahead. If there's any details on there, go ahead and break it down for us who is, and uh, who the source is. This is via Adam Schefter on Twitter. The Jets are trading quarterback Teddy Bridgewater to New Orleans Saints, sources tell ESPN. Interesting. Ooh, everybody goes, ooh, 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 ooh. So I think when uh, the preseason – uh, well, the offseason, I should say, hit. Yeah. Uh, and we'll come back to this. I really want to dig into this Jerry Jones thing a little bit more. But uh, I'm going to get your first reaction here because I think when we knew Teddy Bridgewater was going to be a free agent and, and people still weren't quite sure who he was and still to this point probably don't, you thought, okay, we, we even talked about it last week uh, like a, or the week before, a Phillip Rivers backup quarterback or a Drew Brees backup quarterback, maybe one of these guys that are kind of getting towards the end of their End of their lanes. Now, if you watch New Orleans Saints in the preseason, uh, their backup quarterback play has not been anything to write home about. So you, so you really do need a better insurance policy yeah. for Drew Brees. And we got into digging into, into backup quarterbacks a little bit on here uh, a couple of podcasts ago. And, well, I mean, look at what the Eagles did last year. Your backup quarterback needs to be at least somebody who can come in and stop the bleeding. So, uh, Chris, I'll go ahead and start with you. Teddy Bridgewater to the Saints. What do you think about it? I like the fit. Drew Brees is 38-39. Um, Teddy Bridgewater's. if something happens to Brees, they have eight games in the Dome, both nine, because they also play Atlanta in division. So it's not really going to like really affect him like, weather-wise. He has a really, he has a really good um, offensive core, Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram when he comes back from suspension, Michael Thomas. I like the fit. Avery, what do you got? Um, an, an initial reaction is, is, is two things. One, good for Teddy. I mean – like I just don't think that he was going to survive on the Jets because I think I feel like the Jets had to make a decision. They knew Teddy was the better quarterback um, on the roster over Sam Darnold, over Josh McCown from a um, experience standpoint, but they were sold on Sam Darnold. You don't spend a first round pick and then you know not you know not play the guy. Um, so I think that you know it, it's a good move for Teddy because to Chris's point, you know Drew is getting. Um, you know, older and different things like that. Um, he also will, like you said, be able to, you know, be under the tutelage of a Sean Payton. Um, he'll have weapons down there. But I think, me personally, the second thing is I think this extends Sean Payton's tenure there. I think because I think he can revamp. Like, I think if he can win with te- with Teddy, who's just – if we're looking at the, the gameplay, him and Drew Brees don't play anything alike. They're, you know, their skill sets are completely different. But if he can win and and make that offense, uh, you know, or keep that offense as explosive as as it is with Teddy, I think that, I mean, to me that 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 would, to me, I, I would put Sean Payton up there with the you know the greats as far as you know. And not you know, to mention Teddy Bridgewater's what, twenty five years old, 
So he still has about at least like a good, still a good seven to eight years of quality play left in him. Mm-hmm. Well, Drew Brees did sign a new two-year contract this season, so he's got this season and next season. Obviously, Teddy Bridgewater is going to be a free agent at the end of the season. It, it could just be something as simple as you want to have a good insurance policy to have your back because that's Absolutely. a very competitive NFC South. And sure, if anything a competitive happens, competitive NFC period. Right, and if you if you lose your quarterback, you certainly want to make sure that you have a good backup plan. Is he the long term? You know, again, when we talked about. Uh, where Teddy could end up. We thought maybe his long-term plan could be to get traded to a team like New Orleans or whether it was New England or L.A., one of these teams that had an older quarterback that maybe he could sit. But I'd have a hard time thinking that – I feel like Teddy Bridgewater's got a good opportunity to get paid next offseason. So will he be with the Rams again next year? I I, I don't think so through the length of Drew Brees' contract, no. But uh, an interesting trade and certainly a a good job by the Saints because their backup quarterback situation was – was thin for sure. So um, we're going to get back to uh, Jerry Jones and the Cowboys in this 18-2 and two format. So, um, uh, Chris, I'm going to go ahead and let you uh, uh, pick up your point. So 18-2, and two, yes or no? Um, no. Um, and to reiterate, one, there's no way to stop injuries, even with preseason. Injuries happen anywhere. It can happen in training camp. We saw Deshaun Watson tear his ACL at a non-contact injury during just regular uh, practice. And number two, for first-round quarterbacks like a Sam Darnold, like a Baker Mayfield, they, those four preseason games help them you know, get accustomed. Even if it's vanilla offenses and defenses, makes them they be able to like gauge like NFL like caliber talent in order to make the th- throws, progressions, and et cetera. I'm torn, but I think I'm leaning toward the you know agreeing with Chris. Um, I mean, just throwing some names out there: Odell Beckham, Derek Carr, Deshaun Watson. Aaron Rodgers, uh, Andrew Luck, all these guys got injured during the season. These are these are huge names. Uh, uh, what's uh, Dalvin Cook? Like these are these are huge names that got injured during the season and had absolutely nothing to do with the preseason. So, um, again, this is football. This is NFL football. You are going to get hurt. There are there are going to be quote-unquote catastrophic or, or devastating injuries. It, it doesn't matter. And, you know, like Chris was saying, there's, there's non-contact injuries. And it, it doesn't matter. It's football. You're 18, like 18 regular season games. That, I mean, to me, that would, I'm thinking maybe more injuries just because now we really, like we're getting after it now for 18 games as opposed to 16 where you've got, you know, the, the marquee guys kind of resting for the first, you know, four preseason games. They're not, you know, they're they're playing, they're playing hard, but they're not going full tilt. Uh, maybe seventy five percent. And then the, you know, again to Chris's point, you know, the 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 talent that need or or, or is fighting for a roster spot. Um, you want to get as many reps as possible. Now, if you go to two games, does that mean you know you don't play any of your starters at all in those two games you just, it's, it's strictly for the for the guys who are trying to make a roster spot that could be a thing but you know i look at i, I just think of stories of uh, ricardo allen the the safety for the atlanta falcons when he got cut on hard knocks and now he got he got a new contract this offseason it's just like if he didn't have the preseason and to show you know i'm 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 capable of playing would he have you know made the roster. So, it's, I mean, it's little things like that that you want. You know I mean, and for me, I'm a fan of football as a whole, so I, I enjoy the preseason, and I think it is very necessary. It is – it's a tune-up. It is – it's like any other level, high school or college. You have scrimmages, spring games. It's a tune-up. Um, it's a chance for you to, you know, evaluate all your players and kind of – it also 
it's it's, it's a it's a huge chemistry building point because you know on the field in the field of play like you got to be able to trust the guy that is going to be next to you and you know if you can't if you can't do that you're kind of you know you're you're antsy about certain things like so like for example I guess it's biased because I'm a Falcons fan but so the, the we have a safety uh, Demonte Casey who's played phenomenal this preseason so so well that I'm I'm sitting here like does does he get on the field more over you know Ricardo Allen Keanu Neal because he's played phenomenal and so let's say the Falcons say you know Ricardo yeah we we just gave you a huge contract but at the same time this guy has been balling we want to start him now Keanu's got a He's got to be able to trust that guy, and if he hasn't played with him, if he doesn't have any chemistry with the guy prior to the season, then it could be, you know, it could cause some issues. So I think that the preseason is necessary, and I don't think you're going to stop injuries. Okay, I'm going to put my owner hat on right now. I'm going to put my owner slash commissioner hat on for you guys, and I'm going to come at you like this. So uh, Tyler and I were talking off the air, and we were talking about is this better for the owners and the players? And I think it's it's even for both. Like I said, if you're if you're a low man on the roster, you're looking at an extra five hundred thousand dollars in your pocket. Sure. If you're a high man on the roster, we're talking about an extra excessive millions mm. in your pocket. Okay. So here's how I'm going to break it down for you. I think it is inevitable that the NFL at some point goes to a longer regular season. Mm-hmm. I can if agree. you go to 18 games, you're adding a bye week, presumably. So you're adding three weeks of television revenue right there to the money that you're bringing in as an owner, mm-hmm. uh, the money that you're bringing in to your players. For sure. One of the things I think they would do, and, and, and uh, this is kind of to your point, Avery, is I think you expand the roster to 60. And then if you still want to have a practice squad, you still have a practice squad, but you make sure that you have enough bodies on your roster at enough positions that – Exactly right. In 18 games, people are going to get hurt. Part of, part of your job as being an owner and having good people underneath of you is getting enough people to come in and you know look at what the Philadelphia Eagles did last year, patched up those holes and were able to go ahead and get themselves a Super Bowl anyway. Sure. Um, my pitch would be a little bit differently. I say you bring in a bye week. I say you bring in an extra game, so now we're talking 17 games. I say still stay to two preseason games. I think the way that teams can get together and practice with one another and do those sorts of things, you kind of get to evaluate another team. I mean, the the Jay Ajayi trade last year between Philadelphia and Miami, I'm sure probably stemmed a little bit from their interaction in preseason, having practices together, and then Mm -hmm. ultimately playing a preseason game. My plan would be to add another bye week, Mm -hmm. 17 games in the regular season, I don't think 18 is really necessary. However, one thing that I think could be better with the NFL is starting a rivalry outside of your conference. So you look at what would happen, and it would have to be a neutral site, in my opinion. Either that or you would go back and forth. So I'm just going to give you a hypothetical scenario. We'll use Philadelphia and Pittsburgh. Okay, Philadelphia and Pittsburgh are going to play every single season. They're going to play the second to last week of the season. Always going to be that week. The second to last week of the season, Mm -hmm. Pittsburgh and Philadelphia. I think the last week of the season should always be a divisional game because there should be something on the line. Okay. Do you know how many people are uh, fit into Beaver Stadium at Penn State? Almost 106,000. Do you know how many people fit in Michigan? 107,000. Do you know how many people fit in Ohio State? 102,000. Okay, you got a bunch of kids on school campus, right? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Okay. You find neutral site college stadiums. You go to LSU, 92,000. Alabama, 101,000. And you go ahead and you basically have a college weekend for these players. Maybe they're going back to their alma mater. Maybe mm. they're playing someplace big. This mm. gives you a whole new revenue stream because most NFL stadiums are peaking out at about 
70,000, 75,000. It gives you a chance to go maybe see your team on the road a little bit. And I think it adds something. I mean, think about, you know, you have your divisional rivalries, but wherever you live in the country, you probably know that, you know, if you're a Redskins fan, there's probably a Ravens fan not too far away. Yeah. And where you're a Giants fan, there's a Jets fan not too far away. What about if you just establish that as your thing in the NFL? You have college weekend and you go and you, you split those profits right down the middle between the two owners at yeah. this neutral site. And you go and you fill up 107,000 people in Michigan to go see a professional football game. You can't, kids are in college. They're going to go. If it's, if it's a cheap ticket, you're going to fill that place out, even if they're not fans of yeah. those teams. So yeah. uh, I think the NFL has a great opportunity here to, one, establish rivalries that aren't already there, give you something that right down the highway, I'm going to see this team every single year, and I can't stand their bumper stickers mm-hmm. every time I'm behind them. You go in, you split that revenue, players make their money, owners make their money, TV makes their money. I just made money because I'm the owner and commissioner. Bam, I'm done. Drop the mic. That was very well thought out, and we'd like to see that. All right, I'm putting it on paper. (laughs) I'd pay to see that. But what games would you televise? Well, it would be just like a regular Sunday. I mean, you would go ahead, and at that point, you have a flex schedule. So are you kidding me? If Philadelphia and Pittsburgh played at Beaver Stadium on Sunday night football, you you mean to tell me that that wouldn't be absolutely rocking? Could you imagine 107,000 terrible towels in Penn State going around? Like, people... People would go out and check it. I'm just saying, Jerry. I'm just saying, Roger. Call your boy. I got ideas. And speaking of ownership, wait till you see the team that I draft on Sunday night. I'm about to take all y'all to the woodshed. The Air It Out podcast, Inside the Hashes. Draft Sunday, live, 8 o'clock. It's all going to be going down, so make sure you are tuned in. Always check out InsideTheHashes.com to get all the content that you need. Find us on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We are always all over that stuff, I'm sure. Right now, we've got people talking about Aaron Rodgers and Teddy Bridgewater and all that stuff that's going on. So be sure to dig on into that for Christopher Thomas, Avery Collins, and Ty Fuego. It's Kevin Crockett saying bye from the Air Dow Podcast. <laughs>